The Living Bible, Genesis 12, 1 through 9. After the death of Abram's father, God told him, Leave your own country behind you and your own people and go to the land I will guide you to. If you do, I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. I will bless you and make your name famous, and you will be a blessing to many others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you, and the entire world will be blessed because of you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed him, and Lot went too. Abraham was 75 years old at that time. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, and all his wealth, the cattle and slaves he had gotten in Haran, and finally arrived in Canaan. Traveling through Canaan, they came to a place near Shechem and set camp beside the oak at Morah. This area was inhabited by Canaanites at that time. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, I'm going to give this land to your descendants. And Abram built an altar there to commemorate the Lord's visit. Afterwards, Abram left that place and traveled southward to the hilly country between Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he made camp and made an altar to the Lord and prayed to him. Thus he continued slowly toward the Negev. May the Lord add his blessing to this reading of his word. It's good to see you this morning. I am not uh, all that tickled that uh, Arthur and Donna Culpepper are going to leave and go off to Albuquerque. But uh, Annette and I love Albuquerque. We had uh, we we worked with the church there, University Church of Christ. It had to be um, there, and uh, we like the balloon festival. Um, and so they said we could come and watch balloons together. And that would be great. Anyway, we uh, ask God to bless you on your way. That would be good. And Quinn Brothers, man, oh man, you have kind of grown up into something. It's, a, it's sort of amazing. And, and while you've done that, your dad has maintained his, well, he's gotten a little older too. Uh, but uh, that's uh, good. And Jess... You've done a good job raising your older brother. You've done a great job um, in all this. We as a church just kind of continue to walk along with y'all. And uh, we love you a lot. We love you a lot. And we're going to keep on doing that. Um, this morning, uh, we're going to talk about um, Abraham. And we're going to talk about um, journeying with God. We're going to talk about pilgrimage. We're going to talk about caravanning. We're going to talk about moving with God. 
I have uh, friends in, I do have friends, I've got some friends in Tennessee who are going through a remarkable process right now. Uh, They have a nice house in Murfreesboro. He's on the administrative staff at uh, Middle Tennessee State. And they have sold their house in prospect of retiring and they have bought a huge pickup. It's turbocharged diesel, big, huge, they, they were here. They, they showed us how big it was on the parking lot at Terry's Barbecue, which is one of the best places to admire a truck in Austin. And then they talked about the 34-foot long trailer they were going to buy to pull behind it. And this week, they took delivery. Their house is sold. And they begin their going around the country uh, shortly. Have any of y'all ever wanted to do that? Just sell out and just get the RV and go around the country? Uh, yeah. Well, what if you were invited to that kind of a journey? In the reading that we have here in Genesis chapter 12, and if you read the, uh, the parallels that are in Scripture, yeah, one of the great ones is to read Stephen's account of the call of Abraham in Acts chapter 7. And in a, in a little while, we'll read a bit in Hebrews chapter 11 about Abraham. But, but the story is the story of God speaking to Abraham and telling him it's time to move. And it's time to move out of settled places. It's time to move out of houses with foundations. It is time to move out of comfortable neighborhoods. It is time to move. And uh, the marvelous thing, if you read what uh, Stephen says in Acts chapter 7, he says that God called Abraham out of, out of Mesopotamia, uh, the land between the rivers, Ur, uh, down there in what is now Iraq. And he called him and, and Abraham went out and he took his father with him and he went up to Haran, which is up the Euphrates and Tigris rivers, up, up northwest into what is now Syria now kind of country you wouldn't want to walk around in without a flat jacket. And, and then Abraham was kind of stopped there. And then you have the, the second call, the call, the reminder call out of um, Genesis 12 that says, Haran's not it either. Her wasn't it. And Haran's not it. We need to move along. And if you would move along with God, he says, if you move along with me, we will, we will journey along together. And as you go, you'll be blessed. And, and, and you will have children. And, and they will be like the stars in the sky and the sand of the, the, the beaches. And you will be a blessing to those around you. And you'll be a blessing to the whole world. It's just going to be blessed, 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 and blessed as long as you are willing to move, to travel, to leave and go. And he is willing to go. 
Verse 4, in, uh, I'm reading the NRSV today. But the three words that begin Genesis chapter 12, verse 4, are, are very powerful words. So, Abram went. So, Abram went. Now, in contrast to Abram, I want to talk about Murray of Akkad. Uh, you don't know about Murray of Akkad. Uh, he was one of the Akkadians, I think. Um, but Murray uh, got this same kind of call. And, and Murray talked it over the family and Murray said, let's don't go. Let's don't go. And, 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 and so we don't read about Murray uh, the promise was in the going, not in the sense, okay, there's no Murray. But I just wonder, I've, I've wondered, I've wondered if there were others that God presented the opportunity to take advantage of the call, and they said no. Now, some marvelous omnipotence of God, omniscience of God person is going to say, and, I, and I, I get this, I understand this, but he's going to say, no, God knew Abraham would say yes, and that's why he called him. Um, maybe that's right. But what I know now is that God calls a lot of people to walk with him who say No. Who say, I, 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 don't, I don't think I will go. I, I think I will stay in familiar places. I will think, think I'll stay on the foundations I've established. I think I will stay in the house that I've built. I don't think I will go. And so you're, you're forced to, to think that there is this Murray choice or Abram choice. That, that you, can, you can stay safe and secure without promise. Or you can move ahead with God into the uncertainty of the future and of other lands and other places and there you will find God's blessing. We're going to talk about Moses uh, uh, later this summer. But I just want to remind you about the, the spies who went over into the promised land when the Israelites had, had made it to the very threshold of the promised land. They, they had made it there in a couple of years and, and now they were ready to cross over and when God said move, they said no. They said no. They wished they could go back to their homes and their settled places in Egypt. They didn't want to be um, trusting in the movement of God. And so a whole generation of people died in the wilderness. A whole generation of people died with their doubts in the ability of God. They, a whole generation died because they were unwilling to move when God said it was time to go. 
And so there is a, there's a burden on us as we, as we think of receiving the promise of God in the world. I'm interested in how the Hebrews writer uses this story. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 8, the writer in Hebrews says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out. And Abraham went. To set out for a place he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised. As in a foreign land living in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations whose architect and builder is God. By faith... He had this son, even when he was too old and Sarah was barren. Look at verse 13. All of these died in faith without receiving the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak this way make it clear they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he's prepared a city for them. We wanted to come out here. I wanted us to come out here at about seven minutes till ten. And, and for some of us to... In, in the presence of folks who were here at that time, put up this little tent, this little covering. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It looks rickety. It, it, it looks like in, a, in any kind of wind at all, the, the, the cover would blow off. It doesn't look like the kind of thing that you could come back in 10 years and it would still be there like that. It's a temporary shelter made for people who are going to be there just for a bit and then move on. Abraham was called to go from his house to this. Well, maybe harder than that. To go to this and to say, now this is your home. Your home is on the journey with God. Your address is not 4201 6th Street, Ur, or Apple Valley Road in Heron. Your address is on the journey with God. Because that's where the blessing is. When you think of other people who are called to journeys... Um, you're reminded that it is um, an interesting invitation when the apostles were called to follow Jesus. Come and follow me. Not come and live with me in my house. Not come and settle into the disciples' dormitory of northern Galilee. Come follow me. Where do you live? I don't live anywhere. Where are you going? Well, you're going to have to follow to find out. 
they were asked to follow. And if you know the story of the apostles, they never, ever settled. They kept going until they had been allowed to discharge their, their function of witnessing to the death and resurrection of Jesus. The Apostle Paul, if you remember the, the call of Paul, I like that, the call of Paul. In Acts chapter 9, Jesus stops Paul in the middle of what is sort of his settled life. He lives somewhere in Jerusalem. He knows who he is. He, he knows what his address is in the world. He's a Pharisee. He is a, 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 a keeper of the law. He is a defender of the faith. He can triangulate uh, his position in the world very easily. But, but Jesus stops him and Jesus calls him. And Ananias, the guy that he meets in Damascus, says... God, evidently, you don't know who this is. I'm supposed to go see Saul? And, and, and Jesus says to him, No, um, you can go talk to him because he will, he will see what he will suffer for this call. He's not being called into the suddenly transfixed on the road to Damascus Hall of Fame. He's being invited to a journey that's going to cost him every day of his life. As we say about Paul sometimes, you would have been able to read the story of his ministry when you hugged him and felt the scars down his back. The only place he got to live for any length of time was prison. And so here we are, called to the journey ourselves. With everything in us that wants to be comfortable and safe... With everything in us that wants to have our position and our status. We've even got some walls. We've even got some foundations. We've got all of these things that may tell us where we are in the world and what we are in the world in some kind of bounded way. Some kind of bounded way. But the people of God and the ministry of Jesus and the, and the function of the kingdom of God is not monument, it's mission. It's, it's not, here I raise my Ebenezer that says, this is how far God got me. Uh, it is... Perhaps maybe just a little ash in the campfire. And, and maybe some 
holes where the tent pegs were that says, whoever was here last night has moved on. Has moved on. So, we are called constantly into God's future. God's companionship with us in the past lets us know that God has been with us. But God does not call us in this life to drive constantly looking in the rearview mirror. We're invited to move forward, looking forward into how we will be the people of God in the world that we will have tomorrow. To be faithful today and lean into what is coming. To lean into what is tomorrow. To lean anchored by all that is good, but not anchored in any way that keeps us from a living, passionate pursuit of God's work into the future. So, so, so the status quo, that Latin word, my dad had a... My, Latin, my dad said that status quo was Latin for the mess we're in. That, that's, he, was a, he was very good with language, as you can tell. Um, he, he's also the, the one who said... Uh, a rut is only a grave with both ends knocked out. <clears throat> you would have liked my dad. Some of you would have liked my dad. But the, the, the tendency to settle, to settle in, to settle down, to, to settle for what there is, is a way of deciding to unplug from the promises of God. And we as a church are living in a time where what lies in front of us is the continuing challenge to to have an open and vibrant connection to God's sweet and Holy Spirit that will enliven us and invigorate us to move forward into the future. Not trusting that we know exactly where we will end up but trusting that wherever we end up we will end up having been God's faithful servants and God will be with us some people can get spooked um, if people talk about changes and because sometimes changes are are um, unnecessary and are are maybe they're not thought through very well, maybe they're sort of personal ideas and vendettas. You know, they can change can be can be an ugly thing. It can be, but change is also. Woven into the fabric of life as it is. It's woven into the fabric of life as it is. Some of us don't want to have our pictures retaken. 
Because we like the one that's in the directory from 20 years ago. Because it says something about us that's not true anymore. But it's a truth we admire. It's like going through security at the airport and handing them your driver's license. And the guy says, and and when will this person be here? Change is a part of what our life is about. And so we have the opportunity to claim to be anchored into some moment in time that we're going to defend forever. And the change that will come over us will be decay and death. Or we can move forward into the future in the hand of God, in the companionship of the Lord Jesus, and filled by the Holy Spirit, and the change will be life indeed. Change will come either way. And our hope is that we make the Abraham choice. That we make the the apostle's choice. That we make Paul's choice. And move with confidence as a church into what God can do with us in the future. Because we don't need the walls. We don't need the foundations. We need the future of journeying with God. That's the sweetest thing it can be. Let's stand and sing.